0: Applications for the Techstars Tech Central Sydney Accelerator Class of 2024 are closing on the 22nd of May. I'm Kirsten Hunter, the Managing Director of Techstars Sydney, and I'm looking for diverse and unstoppable founders who are using technology to solve the world's biggest problems to join this accelerator cohort. The 12 successful businesses will get access to our 13-week mentor-driven accelerator, $120,000 US investment, and access to the Techstars network for life. Head to our Accelerator webpage to learn more and to apply.
1: Hi, I'm Adam Spencer, founder of the Day One Network, which is bringing the history of the Australian startup ecosystem to you. I believe in founders. It's why I do everything I do at Day One and our media company, W2D1 Media. And that's why the Day One Network exists, to create helpful content for founders. We've got some great shows in development. But a large part of what we do couldn't be done without support from our partners and sponsors. And I couldn't be happier than to be working with NTP, who get community better than any other technology recruitment company out there. Our Newcastle company, like mine, NTP are invested in seeing the growth of the local tech community in Newcastle, Sydney, and more broadly, Australia. So thank you, NTP, for helping us bring helpful content to founders and the startup community in Australia. On the episode today, we have.
0: Hi, I'm James Tynan. I'm a principal at Squarepeg, and Squarepeg is, uh, well, I guess Squarepeg's currently Australia's largest independent VC, and probably Australia's one truly, you know, global VC. We've got offices in Sydney, Melbourne, Singapore, and Tel Aviv. Strong relationships on both coasts of um, of the US. We've got about 1.6 billion Aussie under management have returned 650 million to investors and uh, have invested in Australia's biggest startups like Canva and Airwallex and Rocked and some big international successes like Stripe and, and Fibre. And I think that the, probably the, the thing that we talk a lot about internally at SquarePay and what makes us or the, the way that we see ourselves as as different is the level of commitment that we make to our founders. You know, that money is obviously very important, but the most valuable resource is, is time and effort. And that's kind of where we, we put our focus.
1: How would you describe the role of a VC?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really good question. I think that um, it varies at different times and with different startups. Uh, I think VC is in some ways a really kind of Relationship-based cottage industry, and In my sense when I think about uh, the the role of VC obviously money is a huge part of it, making sure that startups have the rocket fuel they need. Uh, but I think beyond that, really, what it's about is establishing excellent trust-based relationships between you know investors and and founders, such that the kind of surface area that you can see of a business and where you can help. Uh, is increased and and so to me, it's really all about kind of building those trust-based relationships.
1: What made you want to um, become a, a VC?
0: So what w- what happened with me was kind of interesting. I like loved the idea of of being a VC, but when I had my first business and like I started in the year two thousand, and uh, the, the the idea of VC in Australia wasn't really around, and I certainly didn't. You know, I didn't feel like it was a, a very realistic... I remember talking to someone when I was at McKinsey and saying I eventually wanted to invest and they were like, yeah, yeah but realistically, what will you do? <laughs> and, uh, and so I kind of... It, it went off my radar for a while and I was you know, founding businesses, I was scaling businesses and uh, when I came back to Australia, I was so excited by what was happening with the ecosystem And when I took over StartMate, it was partially to build up this thing that I thought was really special but was kind of needed some love and support to to really bring it to the level that it needed to be. And um, it was partially because of of that and partially because I thought, wow, what an incredible way to use my operator skills and also be exposed to the investing side. And I think that um, what happened when I got sick Uh, I I was really ill while I was uh, running Startmate for a little while and and when I came back I had such limited energy, uh, such limited kind of capacity that I had to for the first time in my life really aggressively prioritize to only be doing the things that were really giving me energy back and when I looked at what those things were it was all about finding great founders, working with great founders, like having conversations with great founders, helping great founders. And uh, I realized, oh, I, this whole time I've been thinking of myself as the center of the universe, the guy who's gonna come in and fix this business or take this business to the next level. Whereas really everything I'm really enjoying is when I'm on the sidelines and I'm helping and I'm, I'm being in service to somebody else and someone else who, who's really great and on their own life's mission. And so that was when I realized, oh, I, this is what I want to do. I want to be the guy helping and supporting these incredible people.
1: When would you say you and go back like, pre, you know, as far as you want, like pre, you know, before we have this or this vernacular about the ecosystem?
0: Well, yeah, it was it's weird because I started a, a business, you know, in the early 2000s. And was bootstrapping it and there just wasn't anything like what there is today. And we were all, I think there are a bunch of people doing really interesting things. What I was doing was not particularly interesting compared to, you know, what the other success stories like Atlassian and Campaign Monitor and those types of folks were doing. But everyone was building in their own separate little pockets And I didn't really know about any of what was going on. I was really looking to the US and was honestly, you know, a little bit disgusted with Australia. Like when I was having fundraising conversations, it was kind of what rich guy do you know is somehow in your network is going to offer to buy, you know, 50% of your business for very little money. You know, it was just, it was very, it was like that. And uh, so I left Australia and didn't really look back. And, you know, meanwhile, people like Paul Bassett, Nikki Skibak are kind of, you know putting their money and time where their mouth is and really building something of an ecosystem here but it was only when i kind of then i was in in the us for 6 years uh, and it was only when i came back that i was really exposed to something that i think you would call an ecosystem
1: that's a unique perspective that you have like having been here in the early 2000s when when really there was nothing maybe some you know something left over from a previous Um, generation of tech startups before we even understood them to be tech startups and then coming back in 2012 was it when was it
0: 2016 yeah i came back in 2016 for a visa and it was weird i it was like nick crocker invited me to come to the sunrise conference and i think in the course of a day or two i'd met the founders of canva and culture amp and safety culture and wow you know folks from airtree and blackbird obviously and and i just I came, I went back to the US, you know, with my visa, but also realizing I'd been, I was looking around for my next thing at that point, but I realized, wow, maybe my next thing could actually be in Australia. I'd always completely, I had discounted Australia as a place where I might work because the work that I really liked was all in the Bay Area. Yeah, it was, it was a, a really interesting time gap to have left and come back six years later and have such a a different perspective
1: that's the first time anyone's mentioned the sunrise conference in any of these interviews can you just give me a little explanation of what i mean i know what that is but just for the audio can you give me a little explanation as to what that is
0: so the sunrise conference is blackbirds conference where they pull together a whole bunch of folks uh, particularly founders and they have a lot of founders presenting, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, founders, investors, people in the ecosystem uh, joining. And it's all really in support and celebration of the growing Australian and, and, and now I think Kiwi businesses. So
1: 2016, you come back, Visa, it's met, went to the conference, met all these amazing people, kind of did that plant a seed in your head of... Where you wanted to go next?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the thing that I haven't told you is that we also had a, a two year old at the time, so I was running a uh, a big chunk of of Khan Academy, which at the time was you know the world's largest ed tech, and then uh, my wife was running Comms for Medium. We had a two year old, and the idea of being able to be in Sydney, which was the the city where both of our parents were living. Was, uh, was really very <laughs> enticing as well. But I think, but honestly, we just never, we completely discounted it because we just didn't realize uh, that there was really a startup ecosystem. I didn't realize, uh, my first exposure to Canva was one of my team members using it um, at Khan Academy. And uh, I only then realized it was Australian later. So, you know, you can, you can see how unplugged I was from, from what we now call the ecosystem. I really didn't know. Mm-hmm
1: so was it 2018 or that you come back to us a... oh i should
0: say by the way it was actually 2017 i got the i got my years wrong Oh right. It was, it was in um i was just looking it up on my calendar sorry it was may 2017 um when i went to the, the sunrise conference
1: right and so that's when you come back to the country uh, got your visa mm-hmm. and, and did then you went back over to the u.s did you
0: Back over to the US, and then we kind of just managed our exit. So, you know, I kind of um, wrapped up at Khan Academy, and uh, my wife, Kate, kind of wrapped up at Medium, and we kind of plotted our our return back to Australia. And I basically was started doing a little bit of work with Startmate, some other people here and there, and then I ended up taking over Startmate formally, um, you know, beginning of January
1: 2018. Who was CEO before you took over?
0: There wasn't really a CEO. So uh, Nick Crocker was running it with one of his mates, uh, Oscar, who basically Startmate had traditionally been uh, always run on the side. So, you know, Nicky started Startmate and then uh, later started Blackbird. And he, Startmate had always been this kind of seasonal thing that popped up once a year and, and that folks kind of did on the side of their, their other job. And I think Nick, um, you know, credit to to Nick for he was the first one to go and um, get a little bit of funding from I think Launch Vic was perhaps the first funder. I, I think I'm I'm getting that right. And he he decided oh well I'll take it to Melbourne so it'll be a twice a year thing. And he brought in Oscar to to help kind of run that process. And I think that by the time I came in, you know, it was we were just very we were very stretched you know like it was uh there was we were running the accelerator twice a year on this kind of shadow shadow staff where where nick was obviously uh, continuing his activities as a as a partner at blackbird and it was um it was i think when i came in it was really about taking this thing that had been this side project and saying well what if it was its own entity that could really Uh, what would it take to really build the platform for startmate to be its own entity and to grow and that that was what i what i kind of went about doing Mm.
1: and so early 2018 you're ceo of startmate what else can you kind of give me a bit of a snapshot of what the community looked like from your perspective at that at that time like both both people you know individuals that kind of people looked to or had a bit of a just people that had a bit of a profile but also organizations and maybe other programs that were visible in the ecosystem in Sydney.
0: Yeah, so I got a couple of impressions, and um, hopefully they won't be too controversial. I have a bit of a weird perspective because I was coming back from the US and had been, you know, exposed to some really fantastic, you know, startup networks, and I just felt that when I hit Australia, there were a lot of great founders getting advice. From a lot of people who had no business kind of giving that advice because they hadn't themselves been involved in scaling a technology business, and I just for whatever reason uh, I was just fired up by that. I thought we've got to change that, and and when I looked at Startmate, I saw critical mass, I saw actual density of people in the network who. Uh, had that type of experience and, and uh, both in the alumni who were really scaling, but also in some of the original mentors and, and folks like that who had, were, were still scaling their businesses, but those businesses like, you know, Mike and Scott from Atlassian, those businesses were, had kind of reached exit velocity. And so I think one of the, the things that I wanted to change about the ecosystem at that time was I wanted to create enough density inside some of these uh, networks such that there would be no reason ever for founders to have to listen to someone who had not been in the trenches building and scaling a technology business.
1: Apart from Startmate, who were some of the other movers and shakers like that were kind of really pushing the, the community or ecosystem forward to make people really pay attention, apart from Blackbird, obviously?
0: Well, I mean, I think the big names that i remember and the things that i remember being interested by were you had the australian businesses that had reached exit velocity you know uh, atlassian and seek uh, were two that kind of come to mind and but then what i found really exciting was that there was this next tier of emerging unicorns that were really uh, kind of traveling very, very quickly. And of course, Canva was the, the leading candidate there. But then underneath Canva, you, you had the kind of culture amps and safety cultures and those types of businesses that were were growing and scaling really, really quickly and were clearly on a, a path toward, toward becoming really big themselves. And then you had this next tier which were the kind of very, very early emerging folks who had somehow managed to through their own genius, but also from downloading some of that DNA from, from the earlier group had managed to kind of create this um, founders helping founders like circle of life that was starting to happen inside Startmate where you know you had people like Rory from Propeller who were very, very early in their journey but you could just tell that they knew what they were about and they were, they were kind of getting after it. And I think that those, those three tiers were, to me, suggested that, oh, we've, we've now got, like the path up the mountain is becoming clear. Even though your path will be completely different from anyone else's, if you're, if you're really serious and you're really talented, you can now see, you know, from really just starting to a company like Propeller, All the way up to a company like you know safety culture or canva all the way up to a company like atlassian and of course you know it's funny talking about that now because all of those companies are now much bigger than they were then
1: what did you bring across with you from the silicon valley ecosystem back to australia is there anything that you kind of brought back or or noticed that they're doing really well that you want to try to make happen here
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing I brought back was all of my own personal contacts and connections that I always wanted to, you know, leverage in support of Australian founders. But the other thing that I thought, just on a more meta level, was it. It made me think the contrast between the two networks really made me think about what where the power of networks comes from, and my my own little kind of formula was that I thought about as I was kind of building uh, and growing Startmate was that the power of the network was really a function of A, the number of people in it multiplied by B, you know, how much those people have the capacity to help multiplied by C, how willing they are to help and how fired up to help they might be. In the US, you had uh, an enormous number of people uh, and I think that the magic of Silicon Valley is that they are actually incredibly willing to have a conversation and to, and to help you and their ability to help just in terms of the amount of capital they could bring to bear, the amount of expertise they have, the uh, number of the number of just talented people in the network there is so huge that I think that that, that network is, you know, obviously unparalleled. Uh, and so as I was thinking about what we needed in Australia, it, was, it really kind of came down to, well, the number of people we've got to grow. Uh, we also need to grow our, our internal capacity to fund and to support startups with fantastic talent. Uh, and then we also need to maintain this uh, a, a kind of an intrinsic willingness to help and, and to kind of create a culture where folks are always reaching out that hand to founders helping other founders, but also operators helping operators and, and, and basically creating an ecosystem of reciprocal and, and joint support.
1: Jumping to present day, what gaps do you think there are in the ecosystem today? Like, Where could we make the biggest improvements?
0: Yeah, so it's a good question. I think... The ecosystem from when I left was just these little, it wasn't an ecosystem, it was little kind of pools of talent. Um, and it's now joined together into a network. So I think that's really great. Um, but I think there's a lot to work to do in terms of increasing the gravity of that network such that smart people choose to start or build their careers inside the startup ecosystem. Rather than in more traditional businesses and professions. I mean, that was why I created the Startmate Fellowship. You know, I felt like there was this huge opportunity to create a new rite of passage for smart people in Australia, and to kind of build a bridge from, you know, different careers and pathways into, you know, the startup ecosystem. Uh, so I think that's probably the the biggest area that I think we need to continue to build.
1: Do you have any unpopular opinions about the the ecosystem? Not necessarily negative ones, but just like something that you firmly believe needs to happen or doesn't need to happen and no one just seems to be you know, on the same page.
0: I think that accelerators are generally terrible businesses and generally not a good idea. I think StartMate is an exception, um, but I think that I remember when I was running StartMate, there just seemed to be Australia just seemed to be this land of accelerators. And I remember looking around and saying, "This is unsustainable." You know, only, there's uh, these accelerators only tend to work when they reach critical mass and have enough successful investments, enough equity in those investments that those equity positions can then turn around, usually like six, seven, eight, ten years later, and uh, and fund the continued development of the accelerator, and. I just I saw so many of these accelerators popping up everywhere and was just wondering whether whoever was funding them, whether it was government or others and it was usually government support, whether that support will continue long enough term to enable those accelerators to be a success. and the combination of that being unlikely and also a lack of density in some of the areas or locations that some of these accelerators were being set up suggested to me that they weren't going to last. And and sure enough, I think over the past few years, I think there's been a a real narrowing down of of, um, accelerators in Australia. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I I, I guess my unpopular opinion, uh, it's maybe a little bit un-Australian and maybe more of an American opinion, is that we should build for density and increase density rather than trying to build Everywhere, I think what we need to do is have really excellent density of our networks, you know, wherever we can get it, and then we need to build real excellent on-ramps into that network. So rather than trying to create a network in or an ecosystem, a startup ecosystem in every different city or town. What we really need to do is build some really excellent Australian networks and then build excellent on-ramps to those networks so that you can get into them from anywhere, but that we're not necessarily trying to build them everywhere, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, like are we talking like physical density, like precincts, yeah, physical infrastructure Uh, or are we talking, is there another way to to build density?
0: (laughs) I think the physical side is really, really important, but... I don't think you need to build it everywhere, so long as you have great virtual and digital on ramps, so that people can get access. Honestly, what people are looking for is access to other people. So if you're in a small town in rural New South Wales, you know, and we had this, you know, some really great teams come from uh, rural Victoria, rural New South Wales to come into into Startmate. What you really want is the ability to be exposed to the people who are going to be able to bring you into that community and to back you, um, I think that is way more important than having a, uh, whatever, a government-sponsored accelerator office or shared office space uh, in your particular location. And and so I think that access to people beats uh, access to a particular space, if that makes sense
1: what if any advice would you give tiny green gorilla james no <laughs> and two like what it might be the same advice it might be different but like what what advice one piece of advice would you give a brand new founder today
0: oh my goodness i mean in terms of going back to my first business um there is it's almost impossible there's we were doing so much wrong <laughs> that I, I just wonder whether uh, any one particular piece of advice would, would capture um, I think the main thing that I would probably advise that version of myself would be to build for scale, that it's so hard and so all-encompassing to build any type of business that y- what you really want to do is be super ambitious and to be building something that is your life's work and that can really go enormous and i think that what i was doing was very tactical and transactional and, and proximate rather than any of those things and so i think that would I'm not, sure, I'm not sure i really would have understood what i was talking about but uh but i think that that would be great advice for for that version of me um in terms of how do i advise founders i mean it today i i don't really think there's good generic advice i mean I think if it's generic, then it tends to slide off anyway. And I think the ability to help is a function of trust and a function of actually knowing what you're talking about, both, you know, in terms of the area that you're trying to advise someone, but also just knowing where they're coming from and what they're dealing with, which you only really get if uh, if you have kind of a trust-based relationship with that person. So honestly, I think before advising, I'd just really be trying to listen and and connect and Uh, And I think that's probably the most important thing because the the answers tend to emerge. I think that one of the things I've noticed from coaching or helping founders at StartMate is that sometimes the best answers emerge from them. It's not that I've come in with this great piece of advice that they've then kind of implemented. It's much more often that through having a conversation where you're genuinely listening and genuinely like surfacing different issues and reflecting back to them some of their own ideas that that they're the ones who come up with the really excellent next step. So that's my philosophy on advice. I think advice is, is a little bit of a tricky one.
1: That's awesome. I love it. Last couple of minutes here, I want you to just talk about something that's top of mind that you're thinking about constantly, but keeping in mind that we're trying to, create a documentary here that will as honestly and holistically tell you know document the entire history of the australian startup ecosystem no small task and i don't know if we can pull it off but we want founders academics investors uh policymakers people from all corners of the ecosystem to listen to this story any one of those categories or everybody what do you want to tell people
0: yeah okay Uh, here's one thing that is constantly on my mind i'm often thinking about how Australia is incredibly lucky but also very good at taking our luck for granted and in the startup context the way that I'm thinking about that is that I feel like we have been we as a society have been very very lucky to have all of these natural resources that have created this economic boom for you know decades and that that one way or another is going away. And unless we can transfer our, unless we can use that runway, that this enormous economic boom and this fantastic raw talent and educated population and switched on technologically literate population, unless we can leverage that into creating the next generation of global winners in terms of companies, we are going to be on the receiving end of the decades to come because the world has changed to the point where we don't need two Googles and we don't need two Facebooks and Australia needs to leverage the the runway that we've got to create some some more global winners like Atlassian, Canva and others and, and really shift the majority of our economic activity into those types of businesses, and that we vote that time is running out to do that. And that alongside that, we're also faced with a massive crisis in the form of climate change. And that there is a similar and even more immediate challenge to use whatever runway we've got to create some of the world's biggest businesses that can, you know, ameliorate that can address some of the the challenges we're facing on that front. So it's I'm often just thinking about shrinking runway and our need to aggressively move our innovation, our financial clout and our fantastic raw talent into those areas before time runs out.
1: Thank you, James. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to talk about in this series?
0: No, I mean, I think one thing that that I think uh, you you probably do wanna talk about at some point is the role of, uh, of SquarePeg in, uh, in helping build this ecosystem. And of course, I wasn't there for the early days of it, but, uh, but I do think it's something that would be good to follow up on in, in future conversations.
1: Yes, definitely. If you, if, if you have any, any recommendations, you know, outside of Paul, in case that one slips through.
0: I, I'll put it this way. I will make sure that, uh, that you can connect with someone who has the early story. And if it's not Paul, it'll be somebody.
1: That's amazing. Um, i have you on record as saying that by the way
0: that's totally fine We'll, (laughs) we'll make that happen
1: i hope you enjoyed that interview more interviews are on the way follow the podcast wherever you're listening right now stay tuned for more interviews with many many more amazing people from the australian startup ecosystem thanks for listening and see you next time